everyone. Welcome back to My Sister Made Me View at the Roswell 1999 edition. We have made it to season three, baby, and we are here. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It was off to a bad start. And I, Emily, I think you and I are universally sick of Mac and Max and Liz. Yeah? Mac. <laughs> I'm sick that. of Max and Liz Mackin. <laughs> on each other yeah yeah i need to get this out here really fast before i forget oh no copper get back you cannot pull this out of the thing um we just released yesterday our season two finale <laughs> and i unfairly accused megan of getting the names yeah! wrong <laughs> she got them all right in and fact, guess who messed in up? In fact, it was a different co-host besides different me sister. on this podcast that got it wrong. I mean, that happens to people sometimes, Megan. You owe me dinner. It was me. You're taking me to I Korean do. barbecue. I'm going to take you to Korean barbecue when I come out Yay! to see you. So there we go. Oh my gosh. You guys, Emily's coming out to see me. And Emily, what are you taking back with you? I get to take back the PS4 that Megan has promised me for like three years. Okay. Now listen, Emily, why have I not given you the PS4 up until now? Because you like teasing me and making my life miserable. Because I told you you would get the PS4 when I got a PS5. Do I have a PS5? Almost. Do I have a PS5? Not currently. And am I still giving you the PS4? Yes! I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'll Listen, hopefully get a five. I have already I have already considered this PS4 to be mine for several years, and I'm just letting what? Megan borrow it to the point That's that so I have bought because it's my prized possession. <laughs> I have bought equipment for it. I have bought games. I am like ready to play. And the other day I'm in my apartment and I'm going, I haven't played Dragon Age of Inquisition forever. Oh, I could go do that right now. No, I do not have the PS4 physically in my damn house. It is just in California. I don't have access to it, but my brain was just like, go downstairs and play it right now. And I could not. It was not there. Well, I'm sorry for the delay. I'm sorry. But I finally get to start up again on Lower Deck Season 5 in a couple months. And then I will f have the funds to get a PS5. So, Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. so well exciting. I'm PS4 so excited now. for you to do Lower Decks again. Me too. Oh my gosh. So we had our first, it wasn't like an official meeting. It was like. I was having a call with our supervising director and our line producer saying, do you want to come back for season five? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. And like discussing my schedule and when it would start and all that. And it was so funny because they've been on the show the whole time because the storyboards only take up about half the year and then the remainder of the year is animation. And um, once I direct an episode to a certain point, I have to let it go. I just have to pass it over to the animators and I have to say goodbye. Anyway. So I'm coming back and they were like, we, you know, it feels like you haven't left, but at the same time, the show is really quiet when you're not here. 
<laughs> so I have a glimmering star. Yeah. <laughs> the firmament. So, yep, I I finished, I wrapped the season in January, and I'm going to be starting up again in June. Yay! Yay! I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, There's a writer's strike happening right now. The Writers Guild of America WGA. is striking for fairer pay from the studios, and we support them. Um, but Lower Decks is an animation guild show, so our writers, uh, our script schedule is not going to be impacted by the strike, which is good. Yes, we support, we support everyone. We support and, and cheer for them. And listen, I understand the strike is for important things. One of my favorite, I guess, frivolous things that I love about this are all the different signs that are coming out of it that the writers are holding and the smart people are coming up with these great signs that they're carrying around and I just I admire intelligent people I think they're great are you talking about me uh I mean sure (laughs) yes of course I am all the time uh doesn't feel like that some days anyway um I would answer faster if I had a ps4 but you know that doesn't improve podcast response time uh, I want to say, Megan, thank you for making me, for letting me make you watch this show. <laughs> the writing could be, the writing, I think the writing improved from episode one to episode two. Yeah. And uh, before we watched episode two, I had made a guess that two would be a little bit better than episode one because I feel like episode one probably had a lot of eyes and a lot of notes on it um, from the new channel. They were switching to a new network. And so I feel like there were a lot of hands laid on episode one that would have lightened up when it came to episode two. And everybody felt a lot more in character, um, except for Max and Liz, who I hate. And we haven't even, like, <laughs> talked about Tess at all. So, yeah, this was a very – this felt like it could have been a season one episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get started, though, I just want to let you know that I should be working on my book. Oh, and I should be cleaning my house so Emily can visit and not step on anything gross on my floor. But instead <laughs> – Instead – you go, because I like to do the high part. But then you can't start it because it's this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but instead. Instead. We're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. <laughs> Emily, if you want to do the high part, then you can't be the one that starts because sorry, it's the second like, part that goes high. But this is my part podcast, quote unquote, that I have to like run for this for the Roswell episodes and I just forget. I get excited that we're going to talk about it and I forget. So thank you for. Don't look at me like that. I just. I look at you <laughs> however I want. <laughs> So today we are going to be talking about Roswell, the 1999 version, season three, episode two, Michael, the guys and the great Snapple. Megan, first thoughts of this episode. Wow, they sure got sponsored by Snapple. A lot. Diet peach Snapple is the flavor of the week. 
so good because people can't help but steal it because it's such a great product. I'm looking it up. Why can't I find Diet Snapple? Uh, Snapple has recognized that words do matter, and the company has announced it's ditching the Diet Snapple from its packaging and replacing it with Snapple Zero Sugar. The company states the ingredients and the flavors will be exactly the same. However, I see here a single bottle of Snapple Diet Peach Tea is selling for $61 on Amazon. Oh. <laughs> I kind of want to buy it just for the bit. <laughs> see, well, if we had a Patreon. Worth, see if it's That's worth See if it's worth losing everyone's jobs over. <laughs> okay, this is this is a pack of 24. Oh, okay. Dang, I was about to say, you could make a lot of money selling it one by one by one. (laughs) So, this episode is a Michael-centric episode, which we haven't had for a long time. I feel like, I mean, I I, I say it feels like since season one. I mean, we had some Michael-centric ones when he was trying to figure out who Lori was and how they were connected and things like that. But this is like so focused solely on Michael and he gets to shine a little bit so uh are you okay yeah I will tell you it is super Michael's time to shine I meant Kyle it's super Kyle's time to shine this episode we had a which is nice. remember aliens make the best boyfriends and Kyle is always slash usually MVP and those two things held fast this episode Really? Where Max realized... is... <laughs> I didn't say Max. I said Michael. You said aliens. <laughs> okay, I meant I'm I okay, I'm sorry. You're supposed to read my brain. I'm making fun of you. <laughs> sorry. It's working. I'm in a mood. Good. Is that because you get to go to the Ren Fair tomorrow? Yes. I get to hang out with my cool animation friends. I'm so excited. Kelly's going to be there. Kelly who wrote Starry. Hi, Kelly. We haven't met, but I love Starry so much. Everyone listen to Starry the Musical on Spotify. Now in development for a major West End production. Speaking of friends, Michael makes friends. Michael does make friends. (laughs) He does make friends. Michael gets a new job. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a fan of his hair. But after this episode, for some reason, yeah, I was like, he looks great in this, like, Farrah Fawcett, soft, curly dude. He just looks great. They they got a good texture. It helped with all the dust and plaster on it from when he fell out of the ceiling. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, So we meet our first big guest star. And we should have known. Most famous guest star, usually the bad guy. Uh, it's John Locke from Lost. <laughs> and I feel like I've seen him in something else where he was a big thing in. I'm going to look him up. He's in The Rocketeer. <gasps> he plays Howard Hughes in The Rocketeer. Okay. You just he plays Howard in Hughes forever. in The Rocketeer? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I feel That's like That's not Howard Stark. It's Howard Hughes. All right. Now, I, he's not in... Once upon a time, what have I seen him in something else? That's a terrible picture. I hate it so much. 
Uh, oh, I guess I saw him in, in TNG when I was watching that. In what? TNG, The Next Generation. It's a Star Trek show. I don't know if you're a fan of Star Trek. Megan, Camille, I will quit immediately. I How dare you, you? Have you, have you even you? seen, have you even seen Star Trek? You're, I know you're a big I mean, Star I've Wars heard of it. fan. It's some little, it's some little show that little like not really anybody got into. Lucille Ball. Well, I'm actually a director on Star Trek. Did you know that? Uh, that had, I mean, maybe I'd heard about it a little bit, I've but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. talked about it once or twice a minute all summer. He was an <gasps> alias? Who did he play an alias? A spy? I can't believe I... Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay, that's what I was thinking. He's the director of the FBI and alias. He's um, Vaughn's boss. Oh, I don't think I knew who he was, so I didn't really pay attention to him. I only loved, obviously, Sydney and her friend. Is it Bonnie? Do an alias podcast? I want to so bad, but you said, (laughs) no, we're doing too many things. I don't think I said that. I don't think that sounds like me. Remember right. earlier today where I was like, we should podcast this and this and this. Uh, so And my... I said, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and then you said, mm, no. Because <laughs> I, I said, let's do it tonight. And you're like, we have something else to do tonight. Anyway, my very cool friends, Carmen and Kelsey, are doing uh, Olive Gray's Anatomy on a podcast. And they mm-hmm. were joking in their last episode how much they might want to do Supernatural because they've not seen it. And I messaged him, and I was like, I would love if you guys were on a Supernatural podcast. You could bring me out as a guest. I could watch all the scary episodes for you. And they're like, yeah, we, we're we going to be doing Grey's for a while. Because they're only in season five. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. That is fair. All right. Well, now that we figured out who Terry O'Quinn is, we're solid. He plays Carl, who ends up being Michael's new boss. Michael gets a job because he's an emancipated miner who is trying to live on a fry cook's, not even a salary, a wage, which is, I'm sure, impossible even back in the year 2000. And so he is looking for another job, and he ends up getting a job as a night security guard. And guess who he works with? Uh, Buddies. Friends, homies, amigos. Woo woo! Do 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 do. Sorry, that's from Holy Musical Batman. So I say we are in the presence of greatness in this group of people because we have Luis, who is now I gotta find their real names. I'm sorry. It's Scott. Uh, Scott. What's his face? Ant Man's best friend. And then we also have Spider-Man's teacher. And we just have, and did you know that the actor who played Michael is in Guardians 1, Guardians of the Galaxy 1? We have three Marvel actors in the same room all together. Who who is he in Guardians 1? So remember when uh after after he meets after Peter meets Gamora for the first time. And they're running through, Wait, you know, who is the Zandarian. Why is Gamora, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you've got Rocket and Groot and everyone's getting arrested. And when 
Wreck-It Ralph arrests Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. His, like, partner standing there is just like, oh, this is Star Prince. And he's like, Star-Lord. And he's like, oh, Star-Lord. It's Michael. Michael's the, was... the co-arresting officer. Why do I not? Why do I only picture Wreck-It Ralph and Glenn Close in that scene? <laughs> because Glenn Close is in a scene quite previous to that. Okay. Glenn uh, Close hey, is in that movie. Emily, Emily, how is Guardians 3? Oh, no. Listen, I will give brief spoilers, but I won't give anything away. Just I want you to know that if you are a fan of animal cruelty and animal experimentation, <laughs> you will love this movie. <laughs> Yep, that's that's our podcast audience, animal cruelty fans. Um, I thought the 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 la- the second half way better than the first half. First half was very hard to get through for me, anyways. Um, I would laugh. Yeah, sorry, I would laugh so hard if when I see this, it turns out that the animal cruelty segment was only about ten minutes out of the total runtime, <laughs> but it felt so long to you that you're like, this is half of the. It's a three-hour movie. It was an hour and a half of suffering and pain and oh. But again, the last half, it 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 brought it around. They did a good job. Uh, But I don't want to do a review of this because we're going to eventually do a Marvel review, and I can't give away all our gold closer every day. We only have (laughs) sixteen more Roswell episodes after this, and then we can start Marvel. Yay! So Michael Pena is the actor who uh, we were talking about that plays Luis in Ant-Man. And then he plays Roger Harrington. His name is Martin Starr. So we have three Marvel fans in Roswell. Who knew uh, they came from Marvel such humble actors. beginnings? I don't know if they're fans. I hope they're fans if they're in the movie. You know what? But you're right. I meant Marvel, Marvel stars. I meant Marvel stars. <laughs> Sometimes oh my you gosh, could work listen. for Marvel and be like, mm, I don't like this. <laughs> I think the first half of Guardians 3 wasn't that great. <laughs> listen, I love secrets so much. Uh-huh. I love secrets so much. Uh-huh. I would be so good at keeping secrets if I worked for Marvel. Marvel, you don't even understand how good I am at this. I am so good at keeping secrets. You're so good at keeping my secrets. So, yeah. I keep other people's secrets. I know. I know. Sorry. I'm specifically saying I'm stamp of approval on your secret keeping abilities. Oh, you're my reference. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Well, maybe I'm not now. That was kind of rude just now. I keep other people's secrets too, Megan. It's not just you. <laughs> anyway, uh, Max is reading a letter from Liz. I just don't care. They're going for a whole Romeo Juliet thing with them. Like, we can't be together. <laughs> they really are. It was, like, I mentioned this before, but I remember season two much differently in terms of Max and Liz's relationship in that... Um, I remembered it being much more grand and much more 
like a much deeper relationship and they hardly spend any time together like max kind of like pines over liz at the beginning of the season and then they kind of fall back in love and then future max comes in and ruins everything even though yeah. he's my favorite <gasps> character oh. oh you guys we were talking off podcast about things that would make season two oh, better yes and i really want a fanfic or an au where future max is a delusion by Tess to manipulate Liz. That because because one of my things was that it felt like they decided very late in the season that Tess was going to be the ultimate evil, and I wish they dropped more. Oh, and I killed Sparky too. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I am going to hold to this belief that Future Max is not real, and it is Tess who literally manipulated Liz's mind because then Liz could catch herself tapping her fingers and someone's like, oh my gosh, you've been mind whammy too. And she's like, about what? And she finds out there was no reason for her and Max to split up. I would love that. Maybe in the 1990, nope, the 2000 whatever Roswell, New Mexico, maybe that's what happens. <laughs> maybe that's what happens. Um. Yeah, you told me that, and I was so mad because I'm like, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah, I should. Even though I love, I loved Future Max. He still one of my top favorite episodes. <laughs> Did cause some problems though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry. Back to to Max and Liz in season three. In that, like, he's not, al they're not allowed to see each other. And they're not allowed to sit by each other in school. They're not allowed to talk to each other. And so Max just kind of, like, comes by the Crashdown Cafe and just, like, looks in from outside. And I will say this. Sherry Appleby puts her whole heart and soul into whatever she does and is amazing at everything. Because she is so teenagery here. And we know from season one and two that she's been really uptight, buttoned up, good girl, going to be a molecular biologist at Harvard, going to be a straight A student, all of these things. And now she's like, ugh, dad, uh, you know, sort of a thing. And she has a much punkier hairstyle with like, like wisps, like, like two buns with like spiky the, the, hair. the spiky hair, the 2000 spiky hair. Yeah, it's, it is this whole, it is this whole Romeo and Juliet thing about like, it's a forbidden love. And I'm just like, parents, don't you know? That's only going to want to make them be together more. And it ends with a ton of threats. So, Emily, how would you feel mm -hmm. about just talking about the Max and Liz storyline first, then the Kyle and Valenti storyline, and then the Michael storyline? That sounds great. I love it. Great. So Max and Liz are writing each other dramatic notes and swanning all over each other from a distance. And Liz is just trying to work at her job and Max mm -hmm. is standing outside the window making cow eyes at her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and at one fun. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was I was going to bring up the fun casual use of alien powers, though, mm -hmm, that he does. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about it? Oh, that's what I was bringing up. So if you want to keep going, you're good. Oh, we'll let you talk. It's your podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she's serving everyone, and they talk about the Galaxy Sub and the Warp Wrap. So, like, we don't have any new uh, Crashdown Cafe dishes that we can tell you what they are. But uh, she glances up, and there's a mural on the wall, 
and the alien, the painting of the alien is waving at her, giving her the peace sign. And there's like cartoon words that keep appearing on the wall of just like, I miss you. I want you. Come to the back. I'm in the kitchen. And she runs back and they're just like immediately start making out because her dad's right there. And if he just looked, he would see them. And it's so exciting and so dangerous. And then he's just like, oh, Liz, meet me at midnight on Friday. It'll be amazing. Midnight, Friday. You got it? Midnight, 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 Friday. You got it? Midnight, you got it? You're going to be there Friday, midnight, right? And she's like, what time again? And he's like, Friday at midnight. (laughs) (sighs) And Emily, where's my, I can do this. Where's Max living right now? In his car. Uh But then, but then he talks to Michael and he's like, just for a few days till I can get back on my feet. And Michael's like, can I drive your car? And Max is all short. He's like, great, you can sleep on the couch. Which, okay, remember how you brought up the really good point in the end of season two that basically Michael and Max have switched worldviews. That now Max is the one coming to Michael for a place to sleep to kind of escape his life sort of a thing. And Michael is the one who's mostly being responsible. He's still being a teenager but he's really trying to be responsible. And I kind of like the flip-flop that has gone on here with Max and Michael. That, yeah. you know, instead of Michael being the screw-up, Max is Max is trying to figure out what he wants out of life. I mean, he had a lot of, again, not excusing his assholery behavior. But, mm-hmm. like, he has a kid out there. He was betrayed by the person he thought he was in love with. And... Now he can't be with the girl he loves. And why is life so hard? And why is life so unfair? Meanwhile, Michael's life is also hard and unfair. And he goes out and does something about it. Gets a job so he can pay for stuff. Gets another job. Nothing is stopping Max from getting another. Well, I guess, does he still work for Brody? Is Brody still around even? Oh, they haven't said yet. I don't, Do listen, think- I haven't seen season three. I don't know. I oh, hope he's still here. I love Brody. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say, I hope I hope it doesn't sound that we're like, just go out and get a job, Max. It's so easy. That's not what we're saying. But we are saying, Max, take some responsibility for your life. Yeah, Max is doing a lot of dark under eye circles, black leather jacket, grunge boy. And yeah. Michael points out that, oh, yeah, you left behind your cushy home and your college fund and everything that, like, Max is not prepared for a life on his own. Is he an emancipated? So he's 18. So he's not, he doesn't need to be an emancipated minor. He's just 18 now. He's an adult. And I doubt, I, okay, listen, not, not wanting to make snap decisions or whatever. That's totally Uh not my style. I think you mean snapple (laughs) decisions. You're funny. I'm funny, right? I was going to say that, you know, Michael did mention, like you said, like, hey, you don't have a place to live. You don't have the college fund anymore. I I mean, how much could the UFO Center have really paid him? I would doubt Max has any savings at all. Like, nothing. Yep. So, yeah, he's, so he's crashing at, at Michael's place right now, and he's really into Liz because now he can date her because all of his problems – literally flew away and left the planet and he's free as a bird to make all of liz's dreams come true 
and they go hang gliding they at midnight, gliding. which is so dangerous anyways in the day. No wonder he doesn't have any savings. He rented a hang glider. <laughs> and he uses his alien powers to lift them up and off the ground. And I'm just like, I do not care. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Max and Liz had had an earlier conversation about Superman and Lois. And so Max kind of made this like, because it's a hang glider with a red the red fabric so it's like superman's red cape and he's like come on lois let's go and they fly into the night sky and i'm like okay that's a little romantic and i hate how i'm falling for that already i'm not i'm not ready to forgive max just so you know there was a bit where they're talking at the beginning that like oh you've got the secret and it's like i'm lois lane and you're like superman in the first movie you know the good one and i'm like why the slab on superman too (laughs) (laughs) Emily, have you even seen Superman 2? <laughs> Is that when you find out he gets his powers from the sun? <laughs> I have, I, I, I mean, if I have, it's been forever ago. I couldn't tell you the plot. I know he flies in the dark and at night. <laughs> Explain that. Anyway, they go hang gliding at night and then they come home in the crash down and they're just kissing in the, they're just kissing in the crash down. And they walk from the front door all the way through the cafe, kissing, 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 kissing the whole time. And, and you and I are both like, her dad's going to catch them. Her dad's going to catch mm-hmm. them. Her dad is going to like hear. Her dad's going to something. And then it's like, he's going to be behind the kitchen door. And yeah. Nope. He was just sitting out in the open. He was just sitting there watching them the whole time. So Liz goes upstairs and here, this is the equivalent of future Max talking to, to Liz but mm-hmm. dad lays down the law with Max. And it's so gross where he's like, man to man, where did you take my daughter? And I'm like, gross. Women are not your things. Like, it was a weird, it was like a weird vibe to the whole talk about, like, we men have a responsibility to protect the girls. You have a responsibility to protect my daughter. And I'm like, ugh. Liz is her own person. She can make her own decisions. Well, apparently she can't because, Emily, what decision have her parents made for her without telling Liz? They have signed her up for a boarding school in Vermont. Vermont? And they're basically like, Vermont? And they're basically, well, you know, her dad basically says, if you put so much as a toe out of line, we're shipping her off to Vermont and you'll never see her again. Like, he is threatening. Sorry, he's like, if you talk to her, if you send her messages if i even find out you sat next to her in class i will send her to vermont now emily do they tell liz that vermont is an option i'm going to bet no i haven't yet if i had a million dollars i would (laughs) bet it on max not telling liz why he's suddenly avoiding her liz is gonna have Mm. no idea he's just gonna keep her in the dark for her quote protection yeah yeah, which I, I hate. Listen, again, the idea of switching between networks and kind of changing the tone of everything, I get that this is happening. But, like, we don't really see uh, Liz's parents in season two. Like, I, I'm going to say yeah. maybe one time, if at all. And we go from her dad being so focused and obsessed on the Crashdown Cafe in season one. I mean, that's his business. He has to be. You know, because I remember at one point 
he's like doing something or doing the books or something and Liz wants to talk to him about something but he's very focused on the books very 90s dad you know that has to be turned into an animal or sent it back in time to learn a lesson about not working so hard sort of a thing to I'm so invested in my daughter's life I mean with good reason she was she was almost sent to jail as part of an armed robbery sort of a thing I get it I get it I get it why he's being protective but like they're making the classic blunder where they've just swung all the way over to one side of like we will control every aspect of your life and for Liz who has been controlling her own life but also having to live within her parents rules her whole life I think this is just a step too far and I think she's gonna push back like we saw throughout this whole episode where she's not gonna sit and take the lectures anymore yeah and like we've seen Michael uh is living on his own as an is an emancipated minor um Isabel is out of the house and going to college Max has mm-hmm. just walked out of his house permanently. And Liz is like, yeah, I will just walk out. I will just leave. Yeah. When's her they haven't said. Birthday? I was about to say, they haven't said if she's still 17 or if she's turned 18 yet. So I'd be very interested to see how that plays up. If she's like, oh, I just have six more months till I turn 18. Or I've already turned 18. You can't tell me what to do. Or I don't know. Yeah, like, bad bad parenting all around in this show. Like, I want to say I understand why they're leaning suddenly so hard the other way, but, like, Liz is their only kid. They haven't had multiple kids to practice on and figure out that this is not a good way to handle things. Yeah, You're welcome, they, like, Megan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> they have, like... Like, like you said, they've not been around for her at all. She has been almost completely independent. Speaking of good parenting, though, should we talk about Kyle? Kyle's time to shine. And what a good dad he is. To his own father, yes. Mm-hmm. So, shock, shocker to Megan and I. Well, mostly me, because Megan is smarter and figured stuff out a lot faster. <laughs> I paid the attention. The sheriff never got his job back. sheriff never got his job back. FBI lady saw a real alien, but never reinstated him. I could have sworn that she's like, yeah, I'll get you your job back. She like, I thought that would, had already happened. I have been operating under the entire assumption that he was sheriff again. No, he has no job. He has been sitting around. We're back to Depresso Expresso Sheriff uh, from season two. And Kyle is the one who is bringing in the funds for the house, trying to pay the mortgage, trying to pay the power bill. And I'm just like, oh, buddy, that's not your responsibility because Kyle is still in high school. He hasn't graduated yet. I know. (laughs) And so he's rightfully upset that his dad kind of seems to not be putting a lot of effort into getting a job to to pay the mortgage to do the things that an adult is supposed to do also i would like to complain i would like to complain that it's it's stated the only reason that sheriff is sad is because he's not sheriff anymore i wish they'd talked about the impact that losing tess had on them as a family i and i i wish that it would talk about, like, the horrible thing that Kyle went through that they're just ignoring. Yeah. 
we're just not ah listen there is so much emotional like real emotional layers that could be discovered and mined through all of these characters you know like Mm -hmm. what isabel's going through after losing her two other boyfriends like there's a bit in this episode where kyle tells isabel you never had romance and you know what i'm happy for you and i'm like she did and they both died like well he's saying i think i think he's saying i'm glad you have it now like for real not like I don't know. I see where you're coming from, but I think he's also being supportive, even though she's not very supportive to him. Well, it's, it's like how one of the, not excuses, but one of the things you brought up about Max's behavior last season, just acting like a king trying to boss everyone around, is he's trying to process the trauma of what the FBI did to him. Mm -hmm. But that's not explored in the text of the show. And... Again, yeah. this is this is part of the medium of the time where week to week happens and most occurrences in the show don't carry over in long story arcs. That's just not how TV yeah. was at this period of time. But like mm-hmm. I would like things to have consequences. I would like them to acknowledge that yeah, we are sad because Tess isn't here. We're sad about what she did to us. And it sucks. Yeah. Like, I that's, lost a that's daughter. What you just... <laughs> if mm-hmm. I had yeah, a did. million daughters. If <laughs> I had a million daughters. <laughs> but the sheriff is telling Kyle, hey, I have something that I think will work out as a job. And Kyle's like, great. I can't wait to hear all about it. And so the sheriff tells him a few days later when he comes home a little tipsy that he's in a band. He and his buddy are in a band called, you know, Jim Valenti. Scritchers. What? And the What's their Kit name? Kit Shickers. Kit Shickers. What? <gasps> I yeah. just got it. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is a Kit Shicker? <laughs> I thought you were doing a bit. No, I'm like, what country ass nonsense? I get it now. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> kickers yes <laughs> no i'm sorry this is the girl who solved an entire translated an entire language in an escape room when she didn't have to and i will say looking at the words in the subtitles didn't mean anything to me until i said them out loud Okay. I'm glad I'm glad you got it. I'm I'm glad that I'm sorry that I laughed so hard. I just that surprised me. I thought I honestly thought that you were Listen, doing a bit. This would happen to me in junior high, right? When I would make yeah. a mistake or would get confused, teachers would make fun of me for in front of the class. They're like, Oh, I thought you knew everything and you don't know Aww. this. So um I'm a little like, that's why I'm in school. Yeah, I know, right? I'm a little sensitive of when I make a mistake, people make a huge deal out of it. Well, that's what I just did, so and I apologize. That, I uh, am sorry. Know, that's all right. You didn't know until I told you. So you can make fun of me when I mess up. It's no, I will never make fun when... of you again. This has to be a serious, <laughs> a serious I think we know podcast. That's not true. <laughs> but 
but when you specifically were like, you're so smart about solving this language and you didn't get the simple word puzzle? What an idiot! And I'm like, hey, a 98% success rate is still pretty good, I think. It's phenomenal. It's better than mine. Listen, very, very few times do I get things before you. So... This, I'm just gonna I'm just and, gonna enjoy this one thing. And you know what? It's okay for you to celebrate. <laughs> so, so, remember when I was like, this flashback episode is so confusing and you're like, you don't get it? You don't get it? Who's smart now? <laughs> Sorry, idiot listen. It is surprising when you don't get things, but I like that you're honest enough to be like, yeah, I just, I didn't get it. Because listen, that just happens. And I am sorry that I made fun of you, but it was very surprising to me. I will say the reason why I'm able, okay, okay, let's delve deep into Megan's psyche. So because people used to make fun of me if I was ever wrong about something, um, I was like, okay, I have to completely hide the fact whenever I don't know what's going on or know when something's wrong. People just have to think I'm right all the time. And then I watched Bones and Temperance Brennan, genius, genius that she is, is very easily, she very easily says, I don't know what that means. And that like, Listen, I'm not saying Bones changed my life, but that specific aspect no, of Brennan's character No, you should say that. You should so say that. Because it did. Once I hit college, because I was like, I'm like, oh, if Temperance Brennan, five doctorates, is confident enough to say, I don't know what that means, then I can say that too. So, oh yeah, okay. I remember where we are. Uh, you were making fun of me for not realizing Hi. the kickers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um so kyle is rightfully upset that this is his dad's big idea on how to how to make a living because his dad is kind of explaining like well it doesn't pay a lot we've got to like build a following like you know we you've got it you got to work at this like he's trying to play it up like it's a small business and things like that and kyle just kind of lets him have it they play this they play this scene megan you pointed this out and i loved it but Sheriff comes home late and Kyle is the Drunk. one sitting in the, yeah, Kyle's the one sitting in the recliner kind of being like, where have you been? And, you know, talking to the his dad about his future and if he only applied himself and are you serious? You're going to waste your life doing this thing with music. And I really liked how they did that because poor Kyle, all the weight of the world is on his shoulders and it really seems like his dad is just kind of not taking things seriously. But I think this is... I can't call him sheriff anymore. Dang it. I think this is Jim Valenti's way of working through things where like musical therapy almost sort of a thing. And I was so worried in the scene where we get to at the end when Kyle goes to see his dad perform. And I was so worried that his dad was going to be bad at it. Like, okay, if any of you have ever seen. Oh, shoot. What is what's the show? It's got Mandy Moore in it and the dude from Heroes. A walk to remember. No, it's a TV show that was just on. Tangled it's called like the One TV of Us, series. Last oh, of Us. Uh, this is Not Us. Last of Us. This, this is us. us. There's a scene where I was watching it with our one of our other sisters, and 
someone is trying to play a musical instrument in front of a crowd that they have never played before but they're like I'm just going to be good at this and it is so awkward I had to I had to make her fast forward through the through the through the scene I just I couldn't do it um and so I was really worried that it was going to be something like that again where Jim Valenti was going to make a fool of himself and we were going to go through several episodes of him failing 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 thankfully we didn't thankfully he is quite talented and Meg what song does he sing uh he sings in the dark of the night from anastasia that is the one that is the very one that he sings it was amazing you guys a million dollars dollars, which uh our cool friends dan and don that's one of their go-to karaoke songs and they're very good at it yeah oh that's right that's right yeah i was there sorry i had to think for a second because you were talking about Cameron and and uh oh Carmen and Kelsey My Carmen cool and Kelsey and I'm like friends yeah I'm like which podcasts are Don and and Dan on and I, I realized no those are people we know in real life <laughs> Dan's on intentionally blank and writing excuses <laughs> he's very yeah and That's he and his wife are very talented on. yep <laughs> oh, yeah. um but everyone in the bar is really getting into it and clapping along and you can see how happy Jim is. You can see that yeah. he's gone from someone who is just, I mean, depressed and feeling awful about life to I'm perform and listen, I kinda I kinda get that. The like there's some people when they play sports they come alive. There's some people when they, you know, do art they come alive. For like me personally, playing music is what brings me joy and happiness. And so like as I'm watching him do this, all of a sudden I'm like remembering times like when I was performing in a play or when I was like performing in a musical group and just like that mm-hmm. joy that comes from it. And, oh, I just, I miss doing that. The pandemic like took a lot of things away from people. And I, now that people are out and like performing again and getting into it, I just, I feel like the world can get better. Yeah. Um, do you want to be in a play again? I do. You should be in a play again. Listen, when I say I'm in a play, I'm a background actor. I am ensemble material and I love it. I love it. I love it. I have been a gorilla. I have been a fish. I have been a cook. I have been been a a seagull. I have been a baker. (laughs) I'm a lot of things and they're just so fun because you get to do all these costume changes and anyways, Mm -hmm. I always, yeah. I miss I miss being in in plays in the theater. So, in the theater. Listen, if I ever make that um, lesbian Shakespeare show, you can be in the background <gasps> of that with me. I can be in the background. <laughs> See, listen, I think being a background actor is so fun because you get to yes. be on set, but you don't have all of the pressure of being like the main actor. You can just like unless you're a featured extra. Unless you're what? a featured That's extra. Never happened to me twice. No, because you were the you were the star of the Hollywood Sherlock yeah, parody. Yeah, star of the Hollywood <laughs> Sherlock parody. Their Good Omens parody comes out next week. Neil Gaiman retweeted it. Yeah, Neil Gaiman's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's time for me to watch Good Omens. I've decided. <gasps> 
Listen, we don't have to podcast it, but if you happen to watch it when I'm free, will you call me? Because I would love to watch it with you. Yeah, I I might okay. start watching it tonight, actually. Just put it on the TV okay. while I'm cleaning. Because I've read the book, and I love, love, love the book. And mm-hmm. I love David Tennant and Martin Sheen. Martin, okay, listen. David Tennant, obviously brilliant. Everything he's in, so is Martin Sheen. But together, they're ridiculous in this show. They are, like... I've never seen two actors have this sort of chemistry together. It's amazing. And um, TikTok has been really hitting me with the Aziraphale Crowley stuff. And I keep being like, skip, skip, no spoilers, no spoilers. And so I know that season two is in production right now. So I might I might just watch season one now. Just go oh, for cool. it. All right. Well, we'll finish this and then we'll get into that. So yeah, I, we will we will start having a parallel I will talk about Good Omens on the Roswell podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Okay, so we've hit up, we've hit up uh, Max and Liz. We've hit up uh, Sheriff and Kyle. I just want to touch a little bit on uh, Isabel and Kyle because um, (sighs) Isabel and her boyfriend, the 26-year-old lawyer who works for her father, they are meeting up clandestinely at this convenience store specifically because her parents do not shop there and so there it's kind of like this forbidden meeting and it's you know hot and they're like making out in the back of the convenience store and yes megan so remember last episode where we're like 18 and 26 gross <laughs> yeah i'm here now to talk about the age gap between adolin and shalon <laughs> Wait, how much of an age gap is there? So oh, the Shalon is 18. Yeah, that's right. And Adolin is 25. Here's the but, thing, though. But, Adolin's a freak of nature, and he's super tall, so it makes it worse. Oh, no, that's Kaladin. Well, how tall is Adolin? In, no, Kaladin's the super tall freak of nature. No, I'm, ta- I'm saying compared to Shalon, Adolin is very tall because she's much, she's like 5'5", five five, right? She's like 5'6". Uh, she's 5'7", and she's like, I thought that was a perfectly respectable height, but the Alethi are all monsters. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is because the year on Roshar works differently than the year on Earth, Shalon is actually closer to Earth 20, um, mm-hmm. and Adolin is closer to like Earth 28, which, you know, okay. isn't horrible but also in a fantasy setting it's very different it's very different socially for an arranged marriage because that's what they have an arranged marriage to have that age gap Mm -hmm. arranged sorry engagement than it is for a high school senior to date a lawyer that works for her father like yeah so yeah Yeah. there you go because kyle yeah. yeah i was gonna say kyle found out about it meets them and it's just like, oh, hey, this is none of my business. And Isabel later kind of confronts him about it. And he's like, okay, so you're dating a lawyer who works for your dad. He's what, like 22, 23? And that's when, again, she says, oh, it's 26. And he's kind of like, okay, you know. <laughs> and then he says, do you know what, girl? Good for you. <laughs> because, you know, I bet he's this so guy is way younger than gets Grant. <laughs> 900-year-old geologist Grant. Ugh who's now dead who we miss dearly anyways we? we talked about everybody else let's get to michael the guys in the great snapple michael gets a job as a security guard working the night shift 
from 2 a.m. to 7 a.m., which I don't know how legal that is. Listen, I don't have, I don't know what it was like in the year 2000, but Michael is in high school. Like, I but think there's a limit. minor, so I think that's different. That's true. That's true. Okay, I'll give him that. That's true. That makes a lot more sense. But it's boring. He might be 18 by now. He might be. But it's boring because they just have to sit there and watch all of these monitors and wear their uniforms. And uh, Michael is the one who kind of starts, which I, I didn't feel like this was super Michael. Like, Michael's not one to, like, conform to all the rules, but I... I think that he would understand it's important enough that you keep the rules so you don't lose your job. Because ultimately, they do, he gets everyone fired. Um, they're there uh, eating pizza at night, you know, not wearing their ties, not wearing their jackets, watching sports on the screens instead of watching the hallways and everything. And most of the guys are okay with this, but there's one in particular that's like, guys, I don't want to get fired. You know, we need to be careful with what we do. Eventually, they are not careful. Michael steals a couple cases of Diet Peach Snapple. And the boss finds out and fires the boss, everyone the boss on the crew. Founds out. Yep. The boss founds out. <laughs> and everyone gets fired. And Michael's kind of like, well, it's a, it was a job. Like, okay, whatever. And it's not fair that everyone got fired. Like, that's not really fair of that. Um, because he then finds out that one of the guys is like supporting a wife and kids and kids, that's multiple. not just multiple and kids. It's very funny to me that when Michael finds this out, the guy's like, didn't you see the picture on my desk? And Michael's like, well, I thought she was your girlfriend and that like, that was like your niece to your nephew or something. It's like, Michael, buddy. <laughs> buddy. Oh, cause one of the guys he works with asks Michael if he's going to marry Maria and Emily. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, with all of this graduated early, emancipated minors, look at us be 18. There is going to be a teenage wedding this season. I'm telling you, because we know, we know, according to future Max, that uh, Max and Liz eloped. Mm-hmm. I bet that could happen this season. Um, Vegas, so- we could get a second Vegas episode. Yeah. Okay. So characters most likely to get married. Okay. Isabel and the lawyer. I'm putting them as my number one guess because people are going to find out and there's all that stuff in season one about how she would make a great caretaker. And I, that's just the way this sexist show is going to go. Uh, second, most likely Liz and Max. Okay. And then third, most likely is Michael and Maria because I, but I bet Michael will be the first one to propose and Maria will be like, we're still young and we've still got time. So mm-hmm. I think Isabel and lawyer will get married for sure. And I bet Max and Liz will maybe get married in the finale. And I think Michael mm-hmm. will propose, but Maria will say not yet. You forgot one very important couple, and I can't believe you've forgotten about this couple. I don't think that Sheriff Valenti and Maria's mom are going to get married. <laughs> I he's love married that too, though. to the job. Then he doesn't have any more. <laughs> well, now he's got she his band, him, so he can she have She could make him instead. pie all day long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I had a million okay. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Michael wants to go and return the Snapple 
and kind of, you know, prove like, hey, you shouldn't have fired an entire shift over the Snapple that just got mysteriously misplaced sort of a thing. But when he sneaks back in, he sees Carl, a.k.a. Howard Hughes, a.k.a. John Locke, a.k.a. the boss of the CIA and alias, uh, steal some stuff and put it um, and like slip it to the FBI janitors. And alias. That's that's what it is. Uh, so he's stealing samples from this medical facility. And Michael comes up with this great heist to get everyone uh, their jobs back by filming uh filming it happen in real time only what happens megan everything goes wrong uh the tape gets chewed up and uh michael gets falls out of the ceiling (laughs) so (laughs) as we're watching it on the subtitles it just says creek and emily goes creek what's creek and before i could say oh you know those flimsy ceiling tiles before I could even finish the sentence, Michael falls through the ceiling in front of John Locke, and uh-huh. not not the uh, not the Sherlock ship. Um, I'm talking about the actor from Lost. <laughs> and, uh, Michael's like, "Hey, we have a videotape. We have a bunch of witnesses. You're going down." And the guy's like, "Oh, if it had just been your word against mine, but it's not." And he pulls out a gun because, again, mm-hmm. Roswell, New Mexico, number one horrible gun safety <laughs> in the country. Yep. And yep. he's gonna shoot Michael. So Michael uses alien powers. This is so stupid. He uses alien powers on the ceiling instead of the gun, but he uses alien powers on the ceiling and collapses the ceiling on top of John Locke. But then more ceiling collapses on him, so they both get knocked <laughs> down. Now, earlier, um, the police have noticed that Michael's friends are causing shenanigans in the recording room. And mm-hmm. it was a very Star Wars sort of like, what's going on down there? They're like, nothing, nothing, we're fine. And the police are like, what's the password? <laughs> and, um, I think they should have pre-established that the night watch had to give the police a password. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they should have established that at their job. That was something they need to memorize. It's like, oh yeah, the password changes all these sorts of days. And yeah, anyway, sorry. Anyway, um, because of this slip up, they didn't know the password. The amazing sheriff, deputy sheriff Hansen shows up. Mm-hmm. And he catches John Locke with a gun on an emancipated minor. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, we're going to take everybody down to the station to get everyone's, you know, statements. But we can't leave this place unattended. So, Emily, what does the sheriff do? Wait, 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 wait. Skipped a little bit. You skipped my favorite. Oh, sorry. My favorite casual use of alien powers is that oh, Michael yeah. says, before you take us all down to the station, you sh- there's a tape you should see first. And they're like, oh, the tape's all busted. Because all the, all the actual physical, like film has been pulled out and so michael takes the tape and turns away from everyone and uses his powers to just like just like reel everything back in i don't know how they did that practically but i mean they did it it's not cgi or anything it's a practical effect and i listen i know it's dumb but i think that's one of the coolest effects i've ever seen on the show nice Um, but they're able to oh go ahead oh nope you go they're able to play the tape, see what happens, see that, you know, they uh, the guy was stealing samples and he's like, 
you know, the sheriff, Sheriff Hansen is just like, we can't leave this place unattended. And Michael goes, oh, we'll finish our shift. Like, Deputy Hansen has no clue that these guys got fired. And John Locke is not saying anything. But he's just like, hey, we're going to finish our shift. And we'll lock up. And everything's good. And yay, the end. <laughs> yeah, they just get conscripted by the sheriff. Which, when, I, when we saw this, I'm like, that's an HR nightmare because these guys technically have probably already been kicked out of the system it's gonna be a pain to go back and re-put them in the, the system password. <laughs> i they don't know the password they gotta you know get them signed back in they've got to get their clock in clock out time like i mean not to mention like i mean we understand as viewers that these guys aren't going to go through and like like sabotage anything they're going to do their job you know but at the same time like that's just a lot of liability yep but it's fine. Uh, but the the episode ends happily for everyone except poor Max and Liz are now forbidden to see anyone ever see each other ever ever. But it ends ends with Michael going to his fired friend's house and telling him he's got his job back. And we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of growth from Michael. Did we we didn't really hit on the scene where he and Max are talking about Michael's original plan to just sneak the sneak the peach snapple back into the compound um uh-huh. but michael's like uh yeah i'll just put it in there and then i'll do a phone call that will not will anonymously tip them that the snapple's back and max is like you need more of a plan than that and in the scene max is like it's absolutely fair that you got fired you stole the snapple and Michael's like, it's not about me getting fired. It's about everyone else getting fired because I stole the Snapple. That is what is unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks that he's feeling guilty that he's he's caused this harm to others. Because, again, Michael is the character that consistently learns and grows as a person. And Max is just spoiled. And when things don't go his way, he's just like, oh, <laughs> okay well that's a wrap do you have any more to say about this episode no i we were saying that we think it we thought it was better than episode one and i'm kind of hoping that it it keeps this light-hearted this light-hearted feel throughout the whole thing so uh emily what's the title of the next episode next episode is roswell season three episode three significant others meg what do you think will happen in this episode? Isabel dating the lawyer is going to be revealed. I think the dupes are going to come back. Okay. Because they're the significant others. They are the significant other. Um, if if the title is a pun, then I think the duplicates will come back. If the title's not a pun, it's just going to be about relationships and dating. I think Amy and Jim are going to get back together. Great. I hope so. Emily, how has it been exploring on this unknown territory? It's kind of fun because like, even though I hadn't seen a lot of season one, I really knew where we were going to end up in season two. But Mm -hmm. now like, it's like relatively like unknown. It's kind of fun to be able to guess to and see, see where I'm right and wrong. Yeah, this is okay. So the way that things have gone has actually made me more excited to watch roswell new mexico (gasps) so i think we should watch that when we get to the end of this okay i didn't want to be the one to bring it up again because i did bring it up much earlier 
I think when we were in season one, I brought it up off podcast and you were when like, When I was in the throes no. of how much I hated this show. <laughs> yes. So, oh, I, I'm in. I'm in. 100%. Great. Done. In. Yay! Great. I will say I have seen the first three episodes of Roswell, New Mexico, just to kind of see like how similar or not similar it was. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to, to do that and to see where we're going with that. So stay tuned everybody yeah so uh meg thank you for letting me make you view this i appreciate (laughs) you and your patience and you've stuck with it this far i have you're awesome um well we'll wrap up and uh i'm gonna go and get back to my book i'm gonna clean up a little more of my apartment (gasps) i believe in you i believe in you too Ready. Ready. Break. A big, wonderful thank you to all of you who tuned in and listened to My Sister Made Me View at the Roswell 1999 edition. Uh, Again, we're in season three. I'm having so much fun. It sounds like Max having fun too. But uh, we are getting to the end of Roswell. I mean, this is the last season. But as you heard, Megan did say she would agree to do Roswell, New Mexico. So who knows if we're going to do a spinoff or if we're going to do our Marvel uh, feed first. I don't know. We're going to be flexible, loosey-goosey, hang around, see what we do. Uh, We probably should be a little more organized than this. But this is just a fun, fun podcast. Just two sisters doing fun stuff. Anyway, I come to you heartful, bellyful. Oh, I had writer's group tonight and talked about my friend's amazing book that she's writing. And I'm so proud of her. And we always go to this fun little cafe called Gourmandies. And oh my gosh, they are known for their desserts. And we always get snickety snacks after we uh, do writer's group as a little treat to ourselves and I've got me a nice little chocolate chip cookie here and I'm gonna eat it once I'm done doing this. Uh, If you enjoyed this, which we really, really hope you did, uh, you can join us next week, June 22nd, where you can hear our next installment of Words of Radiance. That is part of the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, In that feed, Megan is the one who knows everything and I know nothing about the Cosmere to anyway my great shame sometimes uh but uh we're having fun with that so you can hear that episode next week and then if you join us on june 29th it will be time for our next roswell episode um since recording this one uh we have watched that next one we're getting ready to record it soon and so you'll get to hear all of our thoughts about it a special thanks to michael biancardi for the use of his song a passing storm Fabulous, Michael. Good job, as always. And uh, get ready because we are getting ready to record One to Watch. We're in the middle of doing that. And once we get that wrapped up, we'll start releasing them. And then once we're done with One to Watch, we have already finished, recorded The Guest, a Korean horror television series that my sister Megan made me view it. And it was pretty good. So uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Is that is that too much spoileries? Should I not? Should I not say what I think about it? Anyway, write in. Let us know. Um, you guys are all fabulous. Thank you again for listening. 
it just it's fun it's fun to hear from you it's fun to hear what you guys think it's just fun to know that people are out there listening to us as well uh we will be back in a week and so until then just remember stay hydrated eat your favorite snack and remember we believe in you